Today on the Cineos Health Podcast, we'll be talking about rapid early phase clinical trials. I'm Jeff Stewart from Cineos Health Consulting. I'll be joined today by David Wyatt. Dr. Wyatt is from our early phase group. We'll be talking about rapid early phase startup, where clinical trials, for the very first time that patients get a drug, starts very rapidly and gets over very quickly. Rapid early phase startup next on the Cineos Health Podcast. David Wyatt, welcome to the Cineos Health Podcast. Thank you very much. So we're talking about rapid early phase startups for clinical trials. Rapid is a word I know. Early phase is English, but I think has a loaded meaning here. What does early phase mean? You are correct. Everyone knows about clinical research, but the majority of clinical research that happens that people hear about and see about is what we describe as late phase clinical research, which is pretty self-explanatory. But in reality, that describes what we call phase two, three, and four research. Early phase is typically phase one. And phase one clinical research, which is also known as early phase, is the first stage of testing an unknown compound in humans. These compounds come to us as chemical names and numbers that have been tested and researched and developed to treat a particular disease process. However, need to be proven that they're safe enough to give into people that actually have the disease. So before we get into what RAPID means, I know there's some acronyms that are very important in this field. One is IND and another one is IRB. What's an IND? What's an IRB? IRB is an institutional review board. It is the ethics committee that is per local area. There are independent companies that actually review from an independent ethics review what is safe or not safe to actually perform on volunteers. Everything that we do has to be approved through an institutional review board or ethics committee, we describe it as, to actually say that it is appropriate not leading, safe, ethical to actually perform, but also show and present to the volunteers. And IND is an investigational new drug application. So INDA, but we just describe it as an investigational drug. And it is a process that the FDA requires for any company that is trying to have a medication approved through the FDA. The first step is to do an IND application where the protocol, the plans, the project plans for that medication are reviewed by the FDA and feedback is given before the actual studies will start under an IND application. And there's one more. I know there are lots of three-letter acronyms in this field. There's one more that I think is one I've heard before, but I don't know what it means. It's ICF. What's ICF? Yeah, ICF is the informed consent form. So it is a form that is created and actually approved by the previous IRB or Ethics Review Board that actually explains the risks, any of the benefits and everything about a study and a medication and the procedures that we will review with each and every volunteer before we do any type of procedures on them and make sure that they clearly understand the risk and everything that's going to happen in the study that has to be signed before we actually agree to have them in the study. All straightforward. This I know. Phase one. It's early. It's given to people that aren't sick. Now they're healthy individuals. I have some college students and they sometimes look to make a buck. (laughs) And phase one is uh, where you might make a buck if you wanted to be in a clinical trial. Rapid though, that I haven't heard. And I have to admit, I didn't realize was a problem. I mean, it's phase one, so they're relatively rapid. What does rapid mean and why is rapid important and how do you get to rapid? You make a good point. Rapid sort of describes phase one in all of its glory. 
Our studies are typically quick studies. They're typically low numbers of volunteers compared to late phase. Certainly the late phase studies can have anywhere from a few hundred to a few thousand subjects that are being studied. In early phase, we'll see anywhere from 10 to 15 volunteers at a time up to multiple groups equaling 70, 80. We rarely even get over 100 in these types of true early phase research. So the numbers tell you that. The quickness, sometimes we have have studies that by the time we start screening, we have dosing in a couple of weeks, and a couple of weeks later, the study's over. There's a lot that goes in to make that happen, so the rapid startup of early phase is sort of built in because they happen so quick and fast. However, there are some things that we look at from our early phase perspective that gives us some options from senior standpoint of where we go with that. I run a clinic here in Miami, and we work obviously with the FDA, so if a client comes to us and has an open IND and they have the safety data all in hand, they come to us, present us the package, we can write a protocol, have the ICF, get it approved by the IRB, which we use on a regular basis, and be ready to go in short amount of time. If a client comes to us without an IND and they have some of the safety data done, then we have the option of even going to Canada to do that. And we also have, if someone doesn't want to open an IND and hasn't done a lot of the tox data, then we even have the option of going to Australia because there's different regulations in each of the countries. So when we took it rapid, it depends on how quickly the client wants to get answers. And we have those options of where we go with that. That can play a lot from a cost perspective, but also what the timelines and what their milestones are that they're coming to us with. But that's really how we look at the these types of studies when they come in and rapid is a requirement. It's not all of our studies that are rapid. Some of our studies come in a group of studies where we can plan them out however it works because the milestones that they have are years away. We work with that on a regular basis. So we do have clients that come in and say, you know, we typically see this toward the second half of the year is I have to have a subject dose before the end of the year. We saw that before 2019 ended. We saw that before 2018 ended. And so we rush, rush, rush to try to get something done so that we can have that milestone of a subject was dosed before the end of the year for their internal corporate issues. So we have some ways of doing that. The regulatory part of it with the whole IND process is one of the biggest ones with that. The other part is the IRB, getting documents approved that are required to do the study. We do work with a single IRB in both of our North American sites. So we have a very good relationship and there's a portal that we can upload and get responses. They meet every day, so it makes it easy for us to do that, and we have a fast track for some of those things if we needed to. And I think the other part, in addition to the low number of subjects that we play on and actually is an advantage when we talk about early phase, is because we are looking for screening for and dosing normal healthy volunteers is a lot of the normal healthy volunteer criterias in an inclusion and exclusion pattern are very similar. Diagnosing healthy in itself is a whole science of how do you take someone off the street who walks in the door and says, I have no problems, how do we prove that? And there are specific things that we have to do from a lab perspective, from vital signs perspective, from ECG perspective, medical history, medication history, surgical history, to actually prove what is healthy to actually come into a study for a normal healthy volunteer. The nice thing is once we get a volunteer that we've proven healthy, they are in our system as healthy, and unless something changes, we can maintain that healthiness. So we have a pretty big database of healthy volunteers because a lot of our studies come in and have very similar inclusion-exclusion. We sometimes can bring in 
people a whole lot easier because they're already in our database or we can advertise for it and prove that healthiness quicker than we can wait for the 65-year-old diabetic who are on these specific medications that has this specific A1C that fits for this study is much harder to find and the recruitment time can take much longer than what we can with normal healthy. So that is part of the innate positive reasons behind having a phase one study start up quickly is because a lot of the healthy volunteers have very similar requirements. So Dr. Wyatt, rapid, I understood the way that we're rapid or how really anybody gets to be rapid is because they basically have already recruited the trial and they're just recruiting from their spreadsheet or their call list. Is there something else that makes somebody rapid or more rapid than they might otherwise be in phase one? I think it depends on how well prepared with the package. We call it the package that's presented to us with all of the, what we describe as preclinical data. There are very specific requirements and certainly the IND, investigational new drug applications, where the safety has to be established with very specific situations of the types of testings that are done, the types of animals that they're tested on. It's very clear and concise with what is required. And if companies come to us without all of that information, then we will have to have that information before we get started. So if companies come to us with all that information and it's nice and clear and it's usually contained in what we describe as an investigational brochure or we describe it as an IB, but investigational brochure includes all of the data that has been found out about that particular compound put in a word type document form that includes all of the testing, all of the results, all of the safety risks that were found so that it can be reviewed prior to starting a study in early phase. We're talking mostly about rapid startups. Is rapid finish also something that really ends up being a critical success factor? I'm thinking actually of when I, (laughs) a long time ago, a couple decades ago, I used to work at Los Alamos National Laboratory. And one of the things that we had there were supercomputers. And one of the supercomputer groups that we had was the supercomputer of slow supercomputers that never, ever broke. And if they never broke and they never overheated, they were faster than everybody else that burned out. Yep. Is this sense of just having more stability and getting through it without messing up. Something else that basically ends up making you have faster flow through. Starting fast is great, but ending fast is what you really need. Speed is important, there's no doubt. But we see speed and quality as being equal, that certainly quality certainly wins out at all costs. The nice thing is that we have done this so much that we even have templates that are formed for a lot of our studies that are very quick to have a protocol written or an informed consent written. And we just have to adjust a few little things that are different per protocol. So having a template ready to go can help us a whole lot to say, okay, the basics of the legal terms, the requirements are very similar study to study. Let's just change the things that are there. And on the back end, like you were saying, one of the biggest parts of phase one research is actually looking at the blood levels in the body. We call them PK levels or pharmacokinetics of the drug, where we actually are drawing blood levels after a dose is given at sometimes very quick time points and sometimes a little bit longer time points to actually create the nice curves that you see whenever you recognize or you start researching about how a drug is metabolized in the body, you're going to see this curve where it goes up and it comes down and then you can watch the metabolism of that drug and the way the drug leaves the body. So the time points that are there are very quick and those time points, the the PK samples also have to be assessed and evaluated very quickly. And we actually in our early phase units have two bioanalytical labs 
that actually run those samples and can do those samples for us. And because we work with them so closely, because they're our labs, we can actually get that turnaround time very quickly. So when you talk about afterwards, the turnaround time can be very quickly, but a lot of times that is a rate limiting step that we are able to really speed up and get that uh, because we have the number of machines, the number of staff that can do it. We can handle these types of studies and we can plan for them and know that what's coming into the unit is actually going to be on this date or this date. They're going to expect those samples and we're ready to go and they can have them turned around pretty quickly in comparison to the rest of other activities that are going on. I know the protocol dictates really how fast one is even possible to go, but I have to know, what's the fastest? What's the fastest? Yeah, what's the fastest clinical trial that we've done in early stage? Oh, gosh. Probably, I would say, well, if you take screening is always about 28 days. We can sometimes do it in two weeks. But certainly we've had studies that once the screening is over and we start the study, this one coming up is going to be pretty quick. We're going to have them in-house for seven days. On the eighth day, the study's over. That's impressive. David Wyatt, thanks so much for joining us on the Cineos Health Podcast. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. That's all for today's episode of the Cineos Health Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Stewart from Cineos Health Consulting. If you want to talk through a hard decision you're making at your life sciences company, you may email me at podcast at If you like what you hear, please rate and review us on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. For access to more future-focused, actionable life sciences insights, visit the Cineos Health Insights Hub at insightshub.health. Cineos Health, shortening the distance from lab to life.